This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Praise God. Everybody say it together. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Oh, I thank God for the Holy Ghost. I got saved when I was 19 years old and uh, got turned on to the Word of God, <clears throat> born of the Spirit of God, didn't know nothing about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Six months after I was saved, I was introduced to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Glory to God. Woo! Hallelujah. You know, Jesus, he told his disciples, don't you dare leave Jerusalem until you get this. Huh? And I'll tell you what, it's a life changer. It is a game changer. Glory to God. You know, <clears throat> when the Bible tells us that greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world, it's no lie. Did you hear me? Thank God for the greater one. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Now, you know, a lot of people, they're not so fired up about the Holy Ghost, but I am. I mean, anything that Jesus has to give me, I'm interested in. Huh? And yet a lot of times in Christendom, I'm talking about, you know, the church. <clears throat> a lot of folk, you know, they want to, you know, just not talk about it very much. And uh, they don't want to accentuate it very much. And they, they sure don't want to participate in it very much. Because they're too concerned about what everybody else will think. You know, the sooner you get delivered from people, the better off you'll be. Thanks for your excitement. <clears throat> I may have a little bit more to say about that later on, but uh, um, you need to thank God for the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. Did y'all bring your Bibles? Let's open our Bibles this morning to 2 Timothy chapter 1. Y'all going to stick around for a little picnic, a little hamburger, a little hot dog or something later on? I mean, it's free unless you want to give an offering or a donation or whatever. Then I guess you wouldn't say it's free, but you'd miss out on... You know, burgers and dogs, come on, man. It don't. And, you know, my son, Pastor Brian, he's all jacked up about having real French fries. So they're literally cooking these things and putting them on your plate. And you throw enough, it's like uh, Rick Barrett. He said, if you put ketchup, you put enough ketchup on something, you can eat anything. <laughs> Pardon me? They are going to be good. They will be good, yeah. So anyway. It'd be worth staying, I think. Praise God. Joel find 2 Timothy chapter 1. Uh, let's pray. Oh, hallelujah. Father, we're so grateful to be united together in the name of Jesus in this house. And Father, to have your very presence here among us. Father, you said that when we gather in your name, you're in our midst. And so, Father, we thank you that you're here. And not only that, <clears throat> but I believe, Father God, that Revelation knowledge will be granted within the lives, hearts, and minds of many, and that it will impact their lives in a powerful kind of way. So I just want to thank you in advance for your workings, hallelujah, as only you can, in Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to tell you, you know, when you're doing a message, you're supposed to tell people what you're going to say, and then you say it. And then you tell them what, the, what you said. You know, that's kind of the whole idea. I'm not real good at that. <clears throat> Sometimes I just kind of take off and God only knows where we end up. But I just want to share this with you on the front end. You know, there is a, there is a place that God wants to take every one of us. 
And it's a great place. It's a wonderful place. And when I say that, uh, I, I say I speak of this place in a generic kind of way because <clears throat> there are some people that are in need of health and wholeness and soundness within their body. Jesus wants to take you there. There are people who have financial needs within their lives. There's deficiency and different things like that for any number of reasons. And Jesus wants to take you to a place where there is no deficiency, you know. And uh, so there is a place of, of his goodness that he wants to take us. There are people that are filled with anxiety, worry, and care nearly every day of their lives. They're consumed by it. And Jesus wants to take them to a place where there's peace and there's joy and there's tranquility. The kingdom of God, Paul said, is not in meat and drink, but in righteousness and joy, hallelujah, and peace in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So there's a lot of things, you know, that are going on in the world, but thank God, Jesus came and he did something for us, didn't he? Amen. So there is a place he wants to take you. Number two, it takes faith to get there. There's no other way for you to be able to obtain what it is that the kingdom of heaven offers except through faith. You're saved by faith, filled with the Holy Ghost by faith, you're healed by faith, all of these different dynamics within our lives as a result of us discovering the promises, God's promises that he has made to us and we believe them and act accordingly. You know, faith is simply acting on the Word of God. Now, the book of Hebrews defines faith as the substance of that which we hope for, the evidence of that which we do not see. In other words, faith has the ability to take the things that you desire or you hope for and bring them into your life. Just like I talked about, you know, whether it's peace or it's health or it's, you know, uh, resource, uh, whatever it is. It's faith is what makes it happen. And the thing of it is, is that throughout the scriptures, we see it recorded where there were people who chose not to have faith in God, and they missed out. Nobody wants to miss out. You don't want to miss out on it, do you? But, so there's a place that he wants to take us, huh? and it takes faith to get there. Now listen to this. <laughs> you have a choice. Did you know people have a choice? you got a choice. You can either choose to believe or you can choose not to believe. Some people are just unwilling to be persuaded. And sometimes it's a result of maybe, you know, outside influences and different things of this nature that, you know, their human reasoning will not allow them to go there. I talked to you a little bit about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There are a lot of folks that are missing out on the baptism of the Holy Ghost because of this. Huh? Well, that don't make no sense. It doesn't make any difference whether it makes any sense or not. It didn't make any sense when God told Moses to hold a staff up over the, uh, over the Red Sea and watch it get parted. Come on. You know? And there are a lot of other things that God does that maybe don't make a whole lot of sense. But you better believe him or you're going to miss out. And I don't want to miss out on nothing. Huh? Praise God. I mean, if, if God's doing something, you know, and I, like Lester Summerall said, if I'm up in the balcony and God is down here in the front doing something, he says, I'm coming down. You ought to too. You know, it's an, it's an amazing thing, people's hearts and what it allows them to do or not to do. 
And it means, the vic you know, the difference between victory and defeat. You know, you, you know, we talk about people putting the brakes on, and they don't really necessarily understand what that means. But what it is, is, is that people in their heart have chosen. Did you hear me? I said, you have a choice. They've chosen. Ah, uh, no, I don't think so. No, not, no. Uh-uh. And then they get exactly what they want. But it isn't the blessing of God. How many of you know what I'm talking about? All right. Well, I want to I wanna talk to you. <laughs> There's so many things I want to talk to you about today. I can't even put a title on this thing. You know, I said, I went down this morning, you know, and I got my office, and I got these notes, and I got these notes. I've got like pages of notes. So we're going to be here till like three. And then you can go to all the receptions that you have to go to. How about that? No, well, yeah, hallelujah. Let's just read the scripture and see what happens. How about that? Okay, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. Did you know that there's only one place that life comes from? There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must or can be saved except through the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. He goes on then to say to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing I have a remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned or genuine faith that is in you, hallelujah, which dwell first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that it's in you as well. Wherefore, I put you in remembrance that you stir up. Everybody say stir up. Stir up the gift of God, hallelujah, which is in you by the putting on of my hands. Now notice particularly this verse. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. I don't know if you've noticed it or not, but there are a lot of things going on in the world today that could give reason for people to be afraid. And it is intended for that very purpose. But God has not given us the spirit of fear. But he has given us, hallelujah, a spirit of what? What did it say? Power, love, and a brain that is attached. Are you listening to me? I tell you, you know, uh, there, like I said, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on, but I'm telling you what, we got, I got good news. And the good news is simply this, that in the midst of all of this turmoil, there is a God in heaven, hallelujah, who is more than enough, who is almighty God, who is our champion, the Lord Jesus Christ himself, the head of the church and the ruler of all authority in this world. I was going down, you know, 
going down the road, and all of a sudden this thing come up on the inside of me, and I didn't even know where it came from. It was actually Psalm, uh, the second Psalm. And, and, and Peter is quoting it. Well, I don't know that Peter was or not. Somebody was quoting it in the book of Acts. And the question is asked, why did the heathen rage? And people imagine vain things. And I thought to myself, wow, if that's not happening right now, I don't know what is. Why do the heathen rage? And people imagine vain things. And it, and it, it goes on to say that, that the kings of the earth, the world, have risen up against the Lord and against his Christ to do whatever it is that was determined to be done. But I tell you this much, that whatever this world may be proposing to do, that there is a God in heaven with all power and all authority, and he is going to rule and he is going to reign upon this earth. And, and here's the good news, boys and girls. You're a part of his family. So there's no reason to be afraid. Woo! Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? Because they think they're smarter than God. You know, we've been going through decades of conditioning Clear back in the 60s, some of you probably won't remember this guy. Well, maybe you would. You know, Carmen? You know, remember Carmen? He sang these songs. He said, you know, the draw, uh, dr ball got dropped in 62 or whatever his lyric was. They took prayer out of the schools. You know, we don't really think about it, but that was 60 years ago. But here we are now, all these generations and decades down the road, and people have been conditioned to take God out of their lives. They're godless. And we see it manifested in so many ways. But I'm telling you, that's why God said, you're the light of the world and the salt of the earth. You are the church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he is the king, the son of the living God, whom we serve. And he, hallelujah, is our champion. He's your champion. You think he won't come to your aid? I got good news for you, praise God, in a moment. Hallelujah. He's available. So there's a place he wants to take us. Takes faith to get there. You got a choice. You know, when Jesus went to the cross, something happened, you guys. I mean, I, I think sometimes we have to be refreshed in our thinking about what it is that Jesus did. He came in the form of a promise from our Heavenly Father that He would send a Messiah. He would send a Redeemer, that he would send a Savior so that he could save you and I from the sin of this world. And he went to the cross and died so that you could live. You're here today because of him. And he's placed his life on the inside of you. And he's given you a reason and a hope for living in spite of all the mess that is going on around us. Are you listening to me? He is, praise God, something else.
but new life became available to you and me. Glory to God forevermore. And here's the good news. He put his very own spirit on the inside of you. Everybody say it together. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in this world. You know, most people I'm talking about, Christians, they're not conscious of that. You need to get conscious of the fact that the greater one indwells you. So that when the negative and evil report comes your way, you can say the greater one dwells in me. You know, you are separated. You are set apart. You are of a different company and citizenship in heaven. Come on. You say, yeah, but you know, we're just in this world. We're doing this and that and the other. Yeah, but you're not alone, praise God, and you're not without help and aid. But we act like we are sometimes. We talk like we are sometimes. Come on. And it becomes imperative and important for the child of God. The Bible says, we having the same spirit of faith. I hope you got a spirit of faith. What's a spirit of faith? A spirit of faith is one who believes. And the person who believes speaks. We having the same spirit of faith as it is written. Huh? I have believed, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. <clears throat> Thank God for the spirit of faith. Thank God for people who believe. Thank God for people, praise God, that are in the game from a biblical standpoint. Can you say amen? Yeah, there's a place he wants to take you, but it takes faith to get there. And you've got faith. Well, I don't have much faith. Well, thank God for the little you got. How many of you know it can grow? It can become strong. It can move from a place of weakness to strength. It can become from little to great. Hallelujah. And, of course, that comes from believing his word. Hallelujah. So here's the thing, you guys. I mean, if you're born of the Spirit of God, you have his power. You're not going to get it. You've got it. You know, well, Lord, I'm just, you know, I'm trying. I'm just working the best I can here. No, you don't have to do any work. He's already done it. What we need to do is start believing what it is that he has said and walk in the light of it. Glory to God forevermore. Hallelujah. You know, I'm really doing a whole lot better preaching than you're doing an amen, but I'm going to do it anyway. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, <clears throat> turn with me to this verse of Scripture here in Mark chapter 4. If you can find that in your Bibles there. How many of you brought your Bibles? You know, start bringing your Bibles to church. Dear Lord Jesus, come on. Bring your Bibles. Let's mark them up. Let's see what we can find in the buried treasure of his word, praise God, that would be a blessing to us. You know, and here's it. Ah, no, I ain't going to go there. Yeah, I am too. You know, you guys got your old devices and phones like that, and you read it, and dude, it's, it's gone. It's in the wind. Yeah, he talked about some scripture. I don't know what it is. Be a, become a student of the Word of God. Bring your book. Get your little beady eyes on the Bible. Hallelujah. Not this. Okay, that's all I got to say about that. You know, people say, well, you're old-fashioned, man. You need to get into the 21st century. I might be, but I'm telling you what, it would bless you, and it would help you. Come on. All right, well, whatever. That went over big. 
I ain't taking it back, though. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. This is after Jesus had preached on the sorcerers the word. And so the Bible says, that same day, when the evening was come, he said to his disciples, let's pass over to the other side. So when they had sent away the multitude, he, they took him, Jesus, as he was in the ship. Now, you know, that's an interesting statement. They took him as he was. How was he? He was tired. Been preaching all day long, you know. And so they took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. Well, there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the back part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. Hallelujah. Wasn't troubling him too much, was it? Huh? He, he's sleeping like, sleeping like a teenager. Hallelujah. You know? Notice what it goes on to say. It says, and they awoke him and said to him, Master, don't you care that we're about to perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, Peace! Be still! Woo! You know, they must have wondered. Well, they did wonder. They said, who is this cat? He spoke these words to them. Now notice, or to the sea. And notice, and the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. Oh, wouldn't you like to have been there? Maybe, maybe not. Depends on which end of this that you're about to get. And notice what he says to them. He said to them, why are you so what? Why are you so what? Are there any storms brewing in the world in which you and I currently find ourselves living in? Huh? I mean, if it isn't this, it's that, it's the other, it's economics, it's, it's, it's health, it's all these different kinds. I mean, there's all kinds of storms that are brewing and threatening. And Jesus asked the simple question of these men, why are you so fearful? You know, now, again, I mean, I, 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 can, I can jump right in with you here, you know, where, where all of us could say, yeah, but man, you know, it's never been like this before. We've never had to deal with this before. We've never had, you know, whatever, 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 whatever. So there seems to be some legitimacy to our wanting to be anxious. But somehow or another, that doesn't fly with our King Jesus. He said, why are you so fearful? Um, this next piece is going to be a little painful. You ready? Okay. You probably already read it or, you know, how is it that you have what? So the implication here is my friends that faith displaces fear, but if you allow it, fear will displace your faith and you'll be like all of them. And then to finish the reading here, it says they feared, or actually it wasn't feared in the sense of being afraid, but, but reverentially they, they just, you know, uh, feared in that sense exceedingly and saying to one another, what manner of man is this that even the wind and sea obey him? If you read it in some of the other gospels, it says they, they bowed down and they worshiped him. They said, surely you're the son of God. Well, that's true. But we want to get the message that he said to these men. Now, I don't know about you, but I would say that if you and I were to, uh, let's get on a little bit big, bigger body of water than Manawa. But, you know, if you get on a pretty good sized lake or something like, let's go to, let's go to Okoboji on the West Lake. You know, it's deep. 
uh, it can have some pretty good stuff, you know. And I mean, you get out, and of course, it's not even really that big either when you compare it to the Sea of Galilee. But you get out in the middle of this thing, and all of a sudden this storm comes. Don't you think there's a legitimacy in them being a little bit concerned about what's going on? Yeah. But, but somehow or another, even in the midst of that circumstance that, again, we've all admitted probably would be legitimate, that there was an expectation. Everybody say expectation. There was an expectation on the part of Jesus where these disciples were concerned. And I want to tell you something this morning, dear friends. God has an expectation where your life is concerned with all this stuff going on too. And what is that expectation? It is that he wants you to trust him. Did you hear me? So when it comes, you say, I trust in him. When it comes, you say, I trust in him. When it comes, you say, I trust in him. You answer the storm with what is in your heart. Come on now. You say, well, I don't have that in my heart. Well, it's time to get it in your heart. Come on. Because it means the difference between victory and defeat. And after all, you've got a choice. How many of you glad you came? Hallelujah. He expects us to function with this thing called faith. He's given it to us as a gift, the measure of faith, so that something can happen in our lives that causes us to be at peace when there's all kinds of storms that are blowing and brewing and all of these things around us. So that we're, I mean, the world needs an anchor to their soul, and you're the one. But if you're out there bobbing around like a cork like them, you can't help a bunch. My God, yes, I know it's not good. Am I in the right house? Come on. Everybody say it together. I have his power. Yeah, when God promises, I mean, let me say this another way. When his promises are discovered, everybody say discovered. When you discover his promises, then he expects you from that promise to have faith. Psalm 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and our what? Strength. A very present help. An ever-present help. An always there kind of help in the time of trouble. Therefore, now get this, therefore, where are we at? Verse two, huh? yeah. Look at those next five words. Therefore, we will not Now he said, even though the earth be removed and the mountains be, you know, I mean, you talk about a serious earth mover, that would be something, wouldn't it? Huh? Therefore we, why? Because he is our refuge, and he is our strength, and he is always there. But see, what we, what we, what we've dismissed this reality. We've dismissed this truth. We, we've said something like, yeah, but, you know, and, but you don't understand. I mean, you know, if you were where I was, you know, no. I mean, how do you negate Psalm 46, verse 1 and 2? I mean, it is a declared reality that God is our refuge and strength and an ever-present help in the time of trouble. Yeah, but now, Pastor, you're really putting it on me. You better believe it. 
Because I tell you what, I'm going to have me a bunch of healthy, strong, believing sheep. Hallelujah. So that when we go through all of this, praise God, and we get on the other side, we're all going to be here. Now, Isaiah 41 and verse 10, I use it all the time. But I mean, praise God, it doesn't get any better. The first two words, fear not. Why? Because I'm with you. I guarantee you there are a whole bunch of disciples. And all those other little ships that decided they were going to get in on this deal and follow him, I guarantee you they were happy Jesus was there. Huh? You know, you can only bail so much water. We were down on a lake here just recently, you know, and they're all kind of boat traffic. People are just, you know, and, and so it creates these wakes. And, you know, we're in this, uh, we're on this pontoon well, you know, so it starts doing this number, but it kind of gets out of Kelder with the rest of the waves. And all of a sudden we got water clear up on the boat in the, well, in the boat. That's a relative term, you know, pontoon just kind of goes back off again. You know what I'm saying? But when you get into a storm, dude, Sometimes there's so much stuff coming in that you do not have the ability to bail it out. And you need help. And he's our help. Glory to God. I said glory to God. You know, when you're not happy about what's going on where your family is concerned, thank God you don't have to fight the battle alone. Are you listening to me? Thank God you can go to your heavenly father. He can come to your aid. Woo! Glory to God. I mean, he can make a way where there is none. I mean, when it seems impossible, I mean, God in five seconds can change everything in a moment. Did you hear me? Hallelujah. You know, if you're the one that wants to stand in the gap, I guarantee you a lot of things can change because of you. Huh? But if people don't believe that, then that never happens. And they say, well, I'm not so sure about all that. Then they go off into the shadows of darkness and unbelief. Well, thank God we're not going to do that, huh? He said, fear not because I am with you. Everybody say, he's with me. Yeah, he's with you. Be not dismayed. King James used the word dismayed or discouraged. Okay, same word. For I am your God. You know, every morning you can get up in the morning and say, Father, I'm so glad I don't have to be discouraged because you're my God. There wouldn't be any error in that, would there? I mean, wouldn't that be a confident kind of thing? I believe, therefore, have I spoken, we also believe and therefore speak. I'm thanking you, Father, glory to God that I don't have to be discouraged because you are my God. And then it goes on to say in this same verse, hallelujah, you know, now if you had a Bible, you could write this down. You could, you know, you could mark it in your Bible and all that. You can't do that now. Maybe, well, maybe you can. I don't know. But anyway, he said, I will strengthen you. Everybody say, thank God. Yeah, I will strengthen you. I will help you. And I will uphold you. Woo! With my righteous right hand. Everybody say it together. We're not going under. We're going over. I'm not going under. I'm going over. Could you please do that with a little bit more conviction when we say this? Say, I'm not going under. I'm going over. Say that one more time. I'm not going under. I'm going over. Woo! Do the woo thing. It'll help you. There you go. See? Isn't that fun? Glory to God. 
Now look at this. Look at this. I, read this one. Turn, if you have a Bible, to Psalm 84. Look at this. Psalm 84. Hallelujah. Praise God. Psalm 84, verse 11. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. Now, if you got a little margin there, instead of it saying a, a, a sun and shield, put the word our. The Lord God is our sun and shield. Isn't he? Okay. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold Woo! From those who walk how? You got a choice. You got to walk uprightly, don't you? You know, it's interesting because in the King James it says this, it, and I like this because it says the Lord God's a sun and shield, the Lord gives grace and glory, and then it says no good thing. The word thing is actually italicized, which means it wasn't in the original Hebrew text. They put it in there for the purpose of, you know, reading and understanding. But if you take the word out, it says, no good will he withhold from them whoo, that walk uprightly. No good will he withhold. He bestows his grace upon our lives because God is a good God and he's on your side and he wants to strengthen you. Hallelujah. So if you've been concerned about this, that, or the other, well, I tell you what, praise God, today is time for you to displace your fears and replace them with faith in what it is that God said that he would do, because it'll bless you. Glory to God forevermore. Amen. So I tell you, there is a place he wants to take you, and you have a choice. Hallelujah. And I'm just going to encourage you in advance, make the right choice and believe. Come on. People think you're nuts. You know, when people get turned on to the Word of God, you know, then, then they start believing what the Bible has to say, and people think they're a fanatic. Well, you, you, you're an idiot. No, no, uh-uh. No, I'm right. Huh? You know? It's right. You know, when, when, when in the charismatic movement that I got swept into the kingdom of God with, I mean, people got turned on to the Word of God, and I mean to tell you, man, we were excited. Now, we didn't have a lot of knowledge, but we had a lot of zeal. Are you listening to me? You know, God will put, I mean, he'd rather have a whole bunch of zeal and a little bit of knowledge than, than all of your knowing and being dead. Huh? Yeah. Come on. Oh, I tell you what, thank God. I mean, you know, when a slave's been liberated, when the captive's been set free, I mean, you know, if you aren't excited about what Jesus did for you, there's something wrong with you. Huh? Praise God, you want the whole world, let the whole world know, hallelujah. Like I said, you know, when I was that age, you know, and I got to, turned on to the word of God, I mean, I was hungry for God, I wanted more of him. And I had the same problem that everybody else does right here. Well, no, when I got saved, I received the Holy Ghost, and that's all there is. There ain't no more. Oh, yeah, but there is. Because Jesus said, he told his disciples to wait in the city of Jerusalem until they are endued with power. Everybody say power. Yeah, power from on high. <clears throat> and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. 
and they began to speak in an unknown language or tongue as the Spirit of God gave them this utterance. That's in the Bible. You know, and then it goes on to say in that same second chapter that this promise is unto you and to your children and to as many as be afar off, as many as the, the name of the Lord or uh, whoever will call on the name of the Lord. You with me? It's for everybody. Well, that's not for me. People are fanatical. Thank God for fanatics. I said, thank God for the Holy Ghost. You know, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Glory to God. Thank God for speaking with other tongues. Because when you don't know what to pray for as you ought, the Bible says the Holy Ghost will help you. Come to your aid. Take hold together with against whatever it is that's come against you in your life. Praise God. Turn your ship and make it go another direction. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. You say, well, you know, I get along pretty good without it. Yeah, right. Nominal Christian. Ooh. Can you say that? Just did. There's more called the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I'll tell you what, praise God, it'll set you free. You know, when we got turned on to the Word, I'm going back to my, my own experience, I don't know what it was like for you. We got turned on to the Word, and you remember I said that there's a place that God wants to take you, but it takes faith, and, and uh, you have a choice? When the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that theology... That doctrine, everybody say it's sound doctrine. It's sound doctrine. Read your Bible. When that started to move, all of a sudden, there was resistance to it. Why? Because we didn't understand it. What good is that? I mean, what's that all about? You know, that's, that's spooky. That's strange. That's whatever, you know. And so people had the brakes on, you know. Maybe that's where you're at. You know, maybe you're just kind of, you know, hanging in the shadows someplace. Jesus wants you to come out in the sun, get yourself some vitamin D. Did you hear me? Actually, vitamin H, Holy Ghost. Yeah. The Apostle Paul said, I thank God I speak with tongues more than y'all. He's from the South. Did you hear that? Y'all. Yeah. Well, he was providing some correction for the church and different things like that. You know, there's a public and a private side to speaking with other tongues. Don't have time to get into that today. But I tell you what, praise God, there is this devotional gift called the baptism of the Holy Spirit that God invites every person to get in on and be a part of and get blessed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. Building yourselves up, edifying yourselves upon your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. You know, when all this fear and all this anxiety and all this stuff starts coming against you, if you and I would just pull up and retreat to a place of prayer, I guarantee you wouldn't come out afraid anymore. But you know, people, they, they, and I'm talking about the Christian community, they don't want to give credence to this. They don't want to give credibility to the, to the power that exists in being filled with the Holy Ghost. And if you want to let your flesh dominate you, you can. 
But I tell you what, praise God, there's a greater way and a dimension for the child of God to be able to live, and it's called being filled with the Spirit of God or the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I had no earthly idea this was going this way today. But it's good. You know, I mentioned to you, you know, when we got baptized in the Holy Ghost, we had all this, you know, pushback. Uh, And, you know, over all these years, as I look back on that and I think about it, you know, I'm going to drop the hammer here, baby. You ready? Huh? It wasn't a doctrinal issue. People made it a doctrinal issue. It wasn't a doctrinal issue. I'll tell you what the issue was. It was a heart issue. Now, I know that, you know, that might be a little bit rough for some people to take. And, you know, I can be accused by all kinds of folk. But I can tell you this much about it. If you find it in the Bible and it's there, then you better get to searching and opening up your heart to the possibility of what it is it's saying. Are you with me? Because there's a deficiency in your life without it. You know, will you go to heaven? Yeah, probably. As far as I know, I mean, I don't know. You're a believer? But you know, while you're on this earth, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes on you. It is to your advantage that I go, because if I don't, then I can't send the empower to you. Behold, I send the promise of my Father. Hallelujah. Woo! I'm excited. So, you know, it's not, it wasn't a doctrinal issue. I mean, you know, people are, you know, trying to explain it away or whatever the case. It's a, it was a heart issue. And I'll tell you, let me tell you a little bit more about that. You know, here's the thing. When I say heart issue, I mean, this is going to this, this, this be a little rough, but it's okay. And that is this. They didn't want to be perceived by the world as fanatical. They just wanted to kind of get along with everybody. You know, I, I, want, I want salvation. I want, you know, fire insurance. I don't want to go to hell. Sure enough, that. But I don't want to be, I don't want to be, you know, put with that group. It's exactly what it was. And so there was a, one of these. And some of us had some very difficult decision. Choice. Did I say you have a choice? You got a choice. You know? And it all, you know, a lot of times will revolve around your family and being excommunicated from them. Many of you, you know, probably experienced that. I got a good friend in, in Custer, South Dakota, Joel Zokowski. His, his father is the one that started Crazy Horse. And when, when they started on that mountain, that's all, that's all life meant to that whole family. Well, he gets saved. He gets turned on to the Word of God. God calls him into the ministries, tells his mom and dad, hey, you know, I, I can't get away from what it is that God has asked me to do. And they kicked him out of their family, never spoke to him again because he left a stupid rock. But it doesn't make any difference the reason why, because of the pain that this man and his wife and family and all of that had to endure for years. Now, I do have a good report that at least at the end, you know, he was able to make amends a little bit with his dad, more so with his mother, you know. See, when, you, when you're called on to obey God, there's always going to be those moments in your life where you have to make choices that are not popular. Yeah. 
And that's exactly what happened when we did this. And there's many others, you know, that dealt with this whole thing. My wife especially, you know, you know. You know, I was a rebel, dude. I mean, my, my family didn't care what I did. They were just kind of glad I was still alive. You know what I'm saying? You know, but, but her deal was different. Yeah. When I told my, my in-laws that I was going to start a church, my mother-in-law never spoke to me for six weeks. She was ticked. Huh? Why? Because it was going to reflect. Now, she didn't understand. Okay, I'll give her that. But it was going to reflect very poorly on them. You with me? Now, I don't know what happened. I don't know if she got a visitation. I'm going to ask her when I get to heaven. But I don't know. It was like six days to the week. You know, I mean, six weeks to the day. And all of a sudden, something just flipped. And it was like nothing ever happened. I don't know if she just kind of settled it in her heart. I don't know if God spoke to her. I don't know, whatever. But away we went. And you know, God gave us a word. He said, not only, there will come a day, not only will they agree with what you're doing, but they'll become a part of it. And we held on to that fast and hard. But we, see, you have a choice about what it is that you're going to do. If you want the accolades of the world, if you want to be a friend with the people, you know, down at the bar and all of that, then have your way. But I'm telling you what, it's not going to be a good outcome. Are you with me? Well, you know, I'm down there trying to reach them. Yeah, right. The Bible says to come out from among them. This I didn't have planned either. Come out from among them. And touch not the unclean thing. You are not to participate in the unfruitful works of darkness. But rather, the Bible says, reprove them. And I'm, I'm just saying, you know, praise God. You say, well, what's the deal? It's a heart issue. You love it too much. Ouch. But I'm just saying, you know, I mean, come on. You say, yeah, but you're asking me to do something I can't do. That's not true. You can. And here's the thing, you know, I'm not asking you to do it in your own strength. I'm asking you to do it in his. Huh? You just have to turn your heart. I said, you just have to turn your heart. When I was sitting in that bar, I had to turn my heart. God said to me while I'm sitting on that bar stool, you don't belong here. And I don't know who I'm talking to, but for whatever it's worth, you know, you can just do whatever it is you want. You know, you say, well, I don't believe God said that. He said it. <laughs> and, and you're entitled not to believe, but he said, you don't belong here. And I said it out loud. I remember it. You know, I'm sitting there with a, a bottle of Bud in my hand. I'm thinking, I don't belong here. <laughs> That's a new one. You know, I've been here all of my life, you know, and all of a sudden I don't belong here. So I turned, put the bottle down, walked out and never went back. You have a choice. You know, after uh, Israel had laid siege to all of uh, the land of Canaan, Joshua got up and he said, uh, God has fulfilled everything that he promised. Not one word has failed of all of the good things that he said that he would do. He said, now you get to possess this land. You have it. It's yours. But I want, you, I want to ask you a question. Who are you going to serve? It's for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Isn't that what it said? 
Yeah. Hallelujah. Well, there's a place God wants to take you. How, how long am I supposed to go? Okay. Huh? Three o'clock. Brian says three. I like this guy. Tough choices. You know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not minimizing that. But I'm telling you what, my friends, listen. Making the right choice, like I said, can make the difference between victory and defeat. Yeah. No, I don't have any notes for this. Uh, yeah, I do too. I got some more here. Some years back, quite a few years back, my wife and I had the uh, opportunity to be able to help uh, someone who was in an abusive relationship. And, um, and so we basically had come to their aid and uh, we had talked with them and uh, we were trying to help them. We made arrangements, you know, so that they could, I mean, literally escape and go live somewhere else. And, you know, we put all of these things in place to try to help. And, uh, um, you know, you think to yourself that when people are in these kinds of circumstances, it's kind of like, well, what part of this don't you understand? But for whatever reason, this girl could not make the choice, or I'd say it this way, she couldn't make the decision to disconnect. You know, we, you know we, we find it difficult, you know, when we see these things going on in people's lives and we say, get out of it. But there's more to it than that. Because they're, they're, they're held and they're bound by fear. And this, this gal was being, she was, she was basically controlled by fear. Guy she was with called me on the phone, said he was going to kill me. You know, I said, that'll be the day. <laughs> Why? Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Stinking lion devil. Are you listening to me? But here's the thing. Uh, the, the, reason, the only reason I bring the, the, the illustration up to you is, is that um, she chose to stay. And... I would say that um, her life hasn't been easy, and she suffered because of it. Are you with me? Now that you know, I mean, uh, there's a lot of different things that we could talk about um, in the context of that, but um, you have to understand, you guys, when it comes to these, I mean, obviously this morning's message to you hasn't been some kind of light and fluffy kind of thing. But I'm telling you, God wants to put you on, over in life. He wants to take you someplace. huh? But it takes faith to do it. And that faith sometimes means having to drop some stuff and pick up something else. Are you with me? And you have a choice. You know, I mean, you know, the thing of it is, is that do we always succeed in everything that we do? No. I mean, we have our failings. Sometimes we, we don't measure up. We, we fall short. But I tell you what, God wants you to get back up and do it again. Huh? You know? Choices. Choices, choices, choices. Let's look at this verse of Scripture um, in, in attempting to close. Um, in uh, Deuteronomy chapter um, 8. 
People, you know, a lot of times will say, well, I just can't help myself. Well, um, <laughs> that's not true. I said, that's not true. Let me say that once more. That is not true. You can. Praise God. Um, now, what did I tell you? Deuteronomy what? No, that's not right. Because when I got there, it wasn't there. Um, uh, chapter 30. <clears throat> Deuteronomy chapter 30. <clears throat> Notice what it says in verse 15. See, that's God speaking, okay? I have set before you this day life and good, death and evil, in that I command you to love God, walk in His ways, and keep His commandments, statutes, and judgments. And then he goes on to say, so that you can go in and possess what it is that God promised. Verse 17. But if in your heart you turn away so that you won't hear, isn't that interesting? No, I don't want to hear that. And draw away and worship other gods and serve them. I want to announce to you today that you'll, you will surely perish. And that you will not prolong your days upon the land. Whether you pass over Jordan to possess it. Stop right there. I'm talking about my history. You know when we got swept into the kingdom of God through this charismatic movement. There was a whole bunch of my friends that did too. But you know they never continued to walk in his way. And it was so sad. I remember talking to one guy, you know, he's basically backslid. I mean, he'd made a decision, but he's still living in the world. I said, come on, man, you got you to get yourself straightened out and start living for God. And this is what he said to me. He says, hey, Mike, it, it's all right. I'm okay. He wasn't okay. And he ended up dying prematurely. Are you listening to me? I had a friend of mine, 47 years old, died prematurely, drug overdose. I had all kinds of friends that were you know, supposedly had made decisions for Christ, but they didn't live it out. And they lost their lives. They didn't live out the full length of their days. And I can go down. It's kind of spooky. You know, when I think about my friendships and how many of them are still alive, there aren't that many. You can ask Alan Hatfield. He's a classmate of mine, and he can tell you. I was in the wrong crowd, and I made a decision to follow Jesus, and thank God I'm still alive because of it. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't be. You have a choice. Merle Avis is sitting right back there, and he was in the same boat that I was in, lost and undone. It's a wonder that that man's still alive today. It's because of choice, and the mercy and the grace of God was exceedingly great where his life, my life, and a whole lot of the rest of you's lives are concerned. This is not a game. You know, we had our, you know, we have our little petty, well, I don't like this, and I don't like her, and I don't like them, and get over it. Grow up. Well, I want it my way. Well, you and Frank Sinatra need to go sing and lullaby one another, you know? It's a bunch of junk. You don't have time for that. And yet, people are doing it all the time. Time's short, you guys. He's coming again. Let's get this thing right, dude. I mean, you know, let's, you know, if you're upside down, flying upside down, let's get right side up and get to going. I don't have time to get into it. I'll save it for some other time. But Israel had a choice, and they blew it, man. 
they had 10 guys that gave them a bad report. And I hadn't even really seen this before, but I was reading through that narrative again. And when judgment came <clears throat> where the people would not enter into the land that God had given to them, the 10 guys that went with Joshua and Caleb, they all died of a plague. I didn't know that, you know. I mean, as soon as it was over with, judgment came, they died. And then they wandered around for 40 years until everybody was dead. Then Joshua, you know, he came up to, or I mean, uh, Caleb come up to, I love it. I just love the spirit of Caleb. God help us to have, every one of us to have it. He said, I was 40 years old when I went down there and I brought him again word as was in my heart. Now give me that mountain. He said, I'm, I'm, what was he, 85 years old at that point. He said, I'm yet as, as strong as I was then for war. And he said, you know, those sons of Anax, those giants, that's my deal right there. And he went and laid siege to it. You know, I, we are to be loving in the Christian community, but sometimes, man, you got to get some giddy up. Huh? Why? Because the devil will steamroll you. He'll walk right over you. Are you listening to me? i got to stop. Let's stand. Hallelujah. Glory.